Hey everyone, and welcome to the Class 1A podcast. My name is Andrew Nimsgren, and as always, I'm alongside Dylan Beal and James Graham today, but it is a little bit different, and I don't want to go too much in depth with this because not much will be changing, but we're actually live over on YouTube.com, youtube.com slash Class 1A. We just figured, hey, we already record everything. It's already all set up in OBS. Why not push the live button and go over onto YouTube as well? So if you ever do want to check us out, we will be live streaming the episode sometime between 9 and 10 a.m. on Saturday mornings PST. And really, it's going to be the same old podcast. So it's not like you're going to hear us talking to people in chat the other time. It's just really a chance for if you guys want to come over and watch the reactions live. Or towards the end, we're always going to give people the opportunity that it might be in chat to ask questions there just to give more people chances to interact and share their thoughts about the episode. But outside of that, it is going to be completely normal and not much else is going to change. So just giving you guys another opportunity to listen and interact with us if you want to. But if not, just supporting and watching on the YouTube or listening to the podcast platform, however you're currently doing it, is always appreciated as always. So leaving those five-star reviews, following the YouTube channel, subscribing, and all that is super appreciated. Also, you can keep up to date with us on everything we do over at twitter.com slash class1a pod. But now that I kind of went through that, how are you guys doing today? How are you feeling about this most recent episode? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, there's a lot of uh, of mystery stuff going on still with Hawks that is keeping me pretty engaged with it. And um, I'm pretty excited about this agency stuff. It looks like a Looks like we're going to hop around between like a couple different work studies, which is kind of what we were talking about. I think I think it was two weeks ago, James, that we, we yeah. were talking about that might be some pretty good areas to go into. So I'm excited. I want to see, I want to see the class do some stuff. Yeah, I think we explicitly talked about like how my hero could do filler. And like, I mean, this is where like this is like warranted filler that we want because we get to see other interactions and stuff like that. So, yeah, the agency stuff, I think, is the, the biggest draw for me right now. That's what I'm really excited about. Yeah, I don't want to say that we we called it perfectly, but we kind of called it perfectly. We did call it perfectly. We we know what we're talking about. Whatever you guys want to believe. But I agree. It was it was a great episode. And I think that feel kind of conversation will be interesting down towards the end. Because if you guys don't know, they started doing like team up, like spin-off series and all that kind of in manga version as well. And I think you could literally make a good 20, 30 chapter. I mean, we saw in this episode every single person from class one or B and where they're at. I think you could do a couple of chapters in each and every one and pretty much have kind of a whole side spinoff manga just from their work studies experience. So that is actually very cool. But we can talk about all that later because today we're here to talk through episode 15 titled One Thing at a Time. It starts off with Hawks returning back to the mansion and giving a status report to the Metal Liberation Army. But we also see that all the League of Villains are there besides Shigaraki. None of them seem to expect anything and really fully believe that Hawks is working with them, pretty much even praising him for all the work he's doing and how helpful he's going to be. And then as he leaves, Hawks listens in on the group conversation, reaffirming the idea that in four months they will attack and Toga says that Shigaraki will destroy everything. From there, we do get a jump, couple of jump cuts between Endeavor figuring out Hawks' notes again, while also Hawks walking around the mansion, trying to get the information and just kind of talking through what he's trying to do there. Endeavor realizes that these work study, these mandated work studies by the Hero Commission were pretty much just to make sure that all the students were ready to fight villains, and thus he does end up saying that he's going to work with Deku, Bakugo, and Shoto, where pretty much when they all got here at first, he's like, I'm only going to worry about Shoto, I don't care about the other two of you, because he realizes that he makes, needs to make sure that all of them are ready. At the same exact time, we also do get to see a more jump cuts 
to where everyone in class 1A and class 1B are working on their work studies and kind of seeing where they're all at. Very interesting and fun to see some of these combos. Um, Endeavor asked Deku and Bakugo to quickly explain themselves. Deku basically says that he wants to work on being able to use and switch between his multiple powers slash quirks that we know more easily, while Bakugo wants to learn what he isn't capable of currently doing because he pretty much believes he can do everything he wants right now. Shoto reiterates that he's not here because Endeavor is in father, but instead to use Endeavor to grow stronger and become his own hero. Endeavor, Deku, Bakugo, and Shoto head out in the city, and Endeavor's walking around talking about the basic types of hero arcs, how the most important things right now that all of them is going to need is experience to reach their goals. He sets this loose goal that if they are able to beat a villain faster than Endeavor does, that means that they are ready, and it becomes very clear very quickly that they are not going to be even close to being fast enough to do it yet. And pretty much throughout the rest of the episode, we actually get a lot of good hero advice from Endeavor actually seem like he knows what he's talking about regarding how to use their quirks, how not being fast enough in the real world can cost a life while in school it's just a mistake, and then kind of talks through at the very end of the episode how you only want to worry about doing one thing at a time and growing, and talking about this parallel processing of how it's going to be the best for Deku to learn how to control all of his powers, because it's how Endeavor learned to grow his powers. So that was a short recap. The episode was a lot of talking, so really talking and doing a long recap about all the talking doesn't make much sense because we all just watched it. So instead, I want to take a step back and kind of talk through the bigger picture things with you guys as always. And I think the one that we're all interested in is kind of the Hawks super spy stuff. I mean, it's becoming a very big part of the season. Obviously, the Metal Liberation arc or army is very much becoming a main thing as well. And where do we think this is leading? Obviously, just up to this four months from now, this is all just going to be a big training montage until then when this all dukes out. Yeah, I mean, I, the the thing that I kind of like wrote down here that I think is interesting is it's setting up for just hideout raid arc 2.0, except this time instead of just like one base, it's all of Japan, um, which is cool, right? Uh, I don't know how Hawks fits into that if it's going to be like Hawks kind of already has the information. So like, does he go to the wayside here in the next four months of where... I don't know, he's just sitting there, or is there like more information here that we don't know? And yeah, really he like go on. No, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, like, you know, it, you can you, uh, the nice part about it is you can tell he's actively like looking for more stuff, like you know, the cafeteria interaction and stuff like that. Like he's like he's gathered information, he does have like a lot of like relevant information, but you can tell he's not really satisfied with like what he knows, and he's like, All right, like they're still keeping like a close eye on me, they're still really like monitoring where I can go in this giant mansion-esque compound thing they got going on um so some tells me that like there's probably still going to be more to it it's just what that is because there's really been no indication one way or another like what the like what more you could get out of this right and yeah he even kind of walked through exactly the information he's still trying to gather and pretty much it's just always kind of best to have an inside man leading up to any kind of attack like this yeah so that they can just keep kind of probably the information to the hero commission as it is but almost this whole Hawk super spy stuff, while it was all super interesting this episode, and I love Hawks and I love having them around, what really was most interesting to me was seeing the League of Villains here and why they're there. We pretty much saw the one, like, two-second flashback where it said nine days ago when Shigaraki had destroyed an entire city. And then now we see the rest of the League of Villains here with the Metal Liberation Army. And Shigaraki, as Toga says, in four months is going to destroy the entire and destroy all of Japan, which pretty much means that Shigaraki is also going through like a four month training montage 
while all the class 1a and class 1b are just going to be doing that for four months so i think it's super interesting to learn more about what shigaraki is doing but also more of how the league of villains became entwined with them because as we saw they didn't really care much about doing that with the shihasuki they ended up pretty much betraying them so now that they're doing it with a different group the first time we've seen them since then seemed really odd to me yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting because usually Twice and Toga are their, like, ambassadors, I would say, like, to other groups. Uh, and it was actually all of them there um, yeah. at the table, which is and really interesting. And they seemed entwined, too, Be like, Spinner yeah. was talking about morale, even. And I guess Dobby wasn't uh, just was kind of talking about Deku Bakugo and such, but Spinner was on top of morale, which means that they are very much entwined and have more of a leadership role, unlike in the Shihasuki, where it was more of a partnership role. Yeah, I think it's yeah. the big thing is that they've actually like worked themselves into like the like the officer core of this like organization, right? Like, I mean, they, you know, they control very very relevant and very, like think very important things. So it it is a partnership and a degree, but it's almost like it's not even like a like a more like a merger if that makes a bit more sense. I think. So yeah, because it seemed established. Obviously, they didn't write the Metal Liberation book. They didn't write anything kind of like that, yeah. and it was kind of more off Destro's followings, which. We have seen the League of Villains, or I guess Shigaraki specifically, just use someone else's like ideologies to grow. I mean, he did it with Stain, is that he kind of built off of Stain having that video, and that's how he grew kind of the League of Villains movement there, and now he's doing it again. So it does line up very closely with what Shigaraki and the League of Villains have done in the past, and I agree. It seems to be a little bit more of a shared responsibility, and we don't know who half of these people are in the background, so it'll be very interesting, and it almost feels like we, and we'll have to learn more about it at some point, get some backstory or something, because it seems weird just like going forward. Oh yeah, these five characters are here. League of Villains are just part of the Metal Liberation. Accepted. Like there needs to be some explanation of that at some point. Yeah, and we we talked about this before, but uh, League of Villains has always been like a parasitic kind of group of yeah. where they always just latch on to other people, and that's what it seems like here is that are latching on uh, to this this Metal Liberation army, kind of using using what they got like for their own gain. Um, is there a betrayal coming? Like they always end up betraying like the people that they latch onto. Uh, who knows? But I, I, I think where this might lead is like we keep seeing Hawks like try to like break into this circle. Maybe like the unveiling of like how this all happened is just when he breaks into that circle and he like it maybe has a seat at this very table. Oh, we still need to figure out what actually happened with Best Genus too, didn't we? Like we just yeah, we saw still... the bag and we never really saw the conclusion of that, did we? That that's where it stopped. That's, that's as far as it went. So it'd so. be surprising that if even after that, that he's still not trusted, because we're all just making an assumption that he just killed Best Genius, right? I mean, that was a body bag and and a knife, right? As Dylan yeah. so perfectly put it, it was a Best Genius size bag. Yeah. So it's so, uh, yeah, it's, it's kinda... interesting that even after that, I like that just makes me feel like he'll never fully be trusted because at that point. You killed the number three hero, number four hero, and you're uh, still not fully in. That seems as if he'll always kind of be in this intermediary kind of role. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it's kind, of, it's kind of hard to like predict like how, because I don't think we've seen, I don't think we've seen like a definitive gain of trust. Like we haven't seen like a growth of trust throughout the entire thing. Like Hawks almost seems fairly established in like what he's doing for them as like a double agent kind of thing, but that's really about it i don't think we've actually seen him like gain more privileges or you like you know gain access to more information that he's not you know already kind of pro pro uh like like allowed to know so i'm not too sure yeah but uh, I wanted, go on i'll say one thing i want to talk about with hawks though is that 
He's busted. His, yeah, his feathers can hear sounds. That's broken. That's so broken, right? And the He's only pretty- reason he couldn't hear the entire conversation is because they were close. So if he was open and he was however far away, he'd be able to hear every single word. But he was only able to hear just a little bit when he was up close. Like, that's ridiculous. And that's so, that's kind of a weird, I mean, he kind of explained how it works, but that's just a very loose interpretation of like how his feathers work. So it is yeah, cool, but I, it does seem yeah. busted. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I usually my hero is pretty good about describing like things and like explaining away things in a very rational way. This was a little, little, little stretch. I think a little Yeah, this is the stretch, first time but... we've had like a totally irrational explanation. It's just like, yep, that's it. And you have to like take it as that. And yeah, his feather he feels the sound waves from his feather so he can just understand everything they're saying. Like, I don't think that's how sound works. That's not how but... sound travels or, or I mean, like, like, I guess, but like, <laughs> well, it, it is how sound works, but like, it isn't how picking up on those sounds works unless yes. you're like, I mean, he is the number two hero. So like, sure. Yeah, yeah sure. He's the number two hero. Give it to him. We'll take we'll it to him. Just yeah. I mean, Endeavor can walk on buildings with fire. Hawks can fucking That's, use a feather to listen to things. That makes total sense, though, man. He did. That makes total sense. I won't argue that. So, I guess really the last thing, kind of, I mean, is there anything else from kind of the whole hideout raid arc, the Hawk stuff at the beginning of the episode? Are we all kind of ready to move on to all the agency stuff? Yeah. Yeah. No, we're good. So, I guess, yes, I, I am very happy. Obviously, you kind of saw it when Todoroki, Deku, and Baku all showed up, and you said, I only care about uh, Todoroki. You kind of assumed that that wasn't going to stay the case forever. So I'm happy they just kind of nip that in the bud right away. Like, okay, I'll work with all three of you. Because that makes the arc more interesting rather than Shoto and Dever working on stuff. And then Deku and Bakugo are just working with the sidekicks. While the sidekick characters are very cool, it's more fun to see them working alongside Endeavor. And obviously, we saw from this episode, it's going to be incredibly useful for them. And is going to be the reason why Deku is eventually able to use Black Whip. Which is I think what we all want to be here as soon as possible because it seems to kind of be setting the foundations as Endeavor literally said that, yep, if you just learn how to master one thing and then go on to the next one and keep adding it to your rotation, that's how you just kind of develop and get new powers. Well, that's going to set up directly of how Deku is going to obtain new quirks in the future. So it's going to be very, very cool that we get that. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to be seeing that development next week. But whenever we do see Return of them, it's going to be fun I'm assuming it's going to be a, a week or two time jump in their agency work, and they're going to be much more uh, improved already. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it might seem a little bit slow right now in terms of like a story, but like this is definitely like super important stuff for just like realigning Deku's thinking about his mm-hmm. quirk because it, it's a bit overwhelming, right? Because like he he has he has his main ability of which he's still not even like fully mastered. He has these other like sub abilities of that that he's still working on and then now it's like okay by the way you're about to have a whole bunch of new quirks coming um i think i think this like mini like uh realignment for his thinking around those quirks is pretty important just so the development makes a lot of sense you know and it's not just oh congrats now you have all these abilities and i think i think it was uh, i think endeavor did a really good job of going through it too because endeavor is somebody who was like he even like touches on the fact without saying it directly that all might was like pure natural gift. You know what I mean? Like, like it's natural gift, but it's not, but he like, he knew how to take one for all and use it incredibly effectively. Whereas Endeavor had to work and grind and like, you know, do his, like, you know, his parallel processing. Right. And I think he like, in as far as like learning how to manipulate and like use your core properly, Endeavor, I think is such a better teacher than all might because 
he like like I mean like Deku just doesn't know what to do with any of this shit, right? So I think that this is just such a good thing for for him more than like I mean just as much as the other two, but I mean especially where he is going to have like multiple quirks to deal with. Um, he's just so it's he's going to benefit from this greatly. It's insane. Yeah, I mean we we've seen like a couple times now that. All Might isn't a really a good teacher when it comes mm-hmm. to quirks. He's really good about teaching how to be a hero, but in terms of the quirk, um, it, Deku had to learn a lot from everyone else besides yeah. him. The only thing he really learned from All Might was like, um, you know, the initial working out, I guess, and then the uh, what was it called, Air Force, right? Yeah, and then and then and that's all he really learned from All, all Might. But besides yeah. that, he's been learning from you know uh, his friends. He's been learning uh, from Grant uh, Torino, uh, and I, I think this is just the next evolution of that, and it and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it's yeah. more and fun than having a one-stop shop for everything. If we did, exactly, I mean, as much right? as I love All Might, if every single time you need to learn something new, it was two episodes with All Might talking him through, that that would get a little bit boring, and that's not very anime anyway, so you wouldn't have seen that in all main shonen. They're always jumping between different teachers. I mean, I feel like there's a lot more teachers in My Hero than some other anime, but nonetheless, it is very fun to see him jump from one to the other, and it's a more effective way in how a real person in a real world world would learn. You wouldn't go to the same person over and over again. You'd go to learn people that are pros at this or that to learn and improve. So it does make more sense in the universe to go about it this way. So I'm very excited to see all of this. I don't know how much more is going to happen in the Endeavor arc. I mean, at this point, if they want to stretch it out, they just keep doing monster of the week every single week for the rest of the season. If they really wanted to and showing the small improvements or it could wrap up and, we see we have uh we're seeing Uraraka and Co next weekend, but then maybe when we come back, it's like oh yep, yeah, three months are over, four months are over. Like you guys have improved <laughs> a lot. Like they, they could go either way. Like the arc could end that quickly, or they could stretch it out for five more episodes, depending on how much they want to show the little improvement, or if they just want to say hey, you guys have done great these last four months, and then kind of show one big fight of how they do that improvement. So either way, I'm gonna be okay with as long as it's it done right i think both approaches can be right um without feeling bad yeah so. i wanted to, i wanted to touch on something you you went through in the um in the the breakdown of the episode but like we actually saw everybody else in all these individual agencies and stuff like that which i thought was really cool too and it wasn't just class 1a it was class 1b and stuff which i mean it does set up for next week which um is filler right like i mean it's it's but it's good filler because it's another agency but i think it's it's just nice to see that they're like they're openly setting up that they have options to go in depending on how they want to do the season, right? You we could we could have a, we could have the rest of the season of just other characters and other agencies like Tetsu Tetsu and Kirishima with Fakum. I would oh, I'd watch yeah. a whole season of that. You know what I mean? He's probably there as well. We just didn't see him because he's yeah, always yeah, been working. Yeah, Amajiki's definitely there. Yeah, but like also another one I was really excited about was Shoji and Jiro with Gang Orca. I know Dylan and I have talked talked about Gang Orca and seeing how he operates and stuff like that. Like that'd be an, like it's it, like it's insight on how agencies work too, just not characters. So if they wanted to go into that, sick because we've seen so many different varying agencies between this and Vigilantes, right? Um, it's just cool to see more. Yeah, which is kind yeah. of where I went off the beginning one. Does I as cool as it would be, I don't want to see every single agency here but I would read about it. Like if you gave me just like 30 chapters of this, like all these people doing their own stuff, a couple chapters, each one, that'd be awesome. I'd love to read it. I'd love to get more of it, but it's not something I want to see right now 
because we just got Deku new in the new quirk. We have this whole meta liberation thing going on right now. If this happened maybe the second half of season three, I would have preferred that. I mean, season four, I would have preferred that over the school festival arc and the gentle arc. I think there are arcs where I would have preferred just to watch all of them going through and doing agencies and improving. But right now, it feels like things are getting so much bigger picture that put this in a spin-off side story or just show it here once and be done with it. And the Uruk is fine. She's the next big character. He's a character we've already seen in a previous filler. So I'm not upset with that. But if they were to do another one this season, that's when I'd want to be like, okay, let's get back to the main stuff that we actually want to see where it develops. Yeah, if this was if this was early two thousands, this would be the whole season, baby. This would be the whole oh, season. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. This, is, this is valuable material. We can't can't squash it. Uh, maybe maybe even two seasons. Who knows? It was, yeah, exactly. It wouldn't. The pain train would not stop, my friend. Like, would, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But like, like you could get you could get OVAs of this shit too. You know yeah, what I mean? Oh yeah, that works so well. Just like don't yeah. don't mess with the regular season. I mean, I think one episode out of the twenty five for a non canon agency episode is more than enough than what i need see andrew's just not experiencing the way of fillers yeah. it's shonen yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the way it's not the way anymore we're, we're dylan, moving, dylan and we're i were molded that. by it yeah <laughs> we're moving past that we're growing up now and so so is shonen hopefully but anything else through the episode we really want to touch on i think that's a pretty good wrap up on the most things we want to talk about obviously next week if there's anything big that comes up we can always discuss there yeah, I, I have I have one thing to add um, that just came to mind as I was thinking about everything about like this 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 hideout raid arc 2.0 and now everyone is in agencies and the agencies aren't in one city they're across Japan. It, it, it literally just clicked for me that like oh yeah this this totally makes sense that like now now that like this influence is spread out through Japan and everyone is spread throughout Japan it just makes sense that the conclusion of of this work study is that like they have these individual raids um, that just like totally clicked for me and I. I, I I I see now. I see beyond the veil. I see. <laughs> It'll be sick. It will be sick. But for today, we need to decide who is going to be the plus ultra recipient. The person that went beyond that win plus ultra and deserves it more than anyone else. And each one of us will pick our own. And then we'll tally it up in the season to see who win plus ultra the most during season five. And Dylan, kick us off. Um, well, I, I'm here to provide the correct answer, as always. I've never provided an incorrect answer before. Never. And my pick for this week is Endeavor. It's easily Endeavor. Um, we were able to get some insight into just how intensive and how, like, micro-perfect that his quirk is at this point, of where he's chasing the villain. And not only is he going at incredible speeds and just using his uh, quirk at, like, full force, but he's making these, like, slight micro-adjustments to, like, accelerate and also like move and turn at the same time. Um, and on top of all that, he's like corralling the villain into a certain area away from civilians. And his speed is just absolutely unmatched. He's the number one hero and it's for a reason. And we get insight into why he goes plus ultra with his ability. So one, his speed is matched by All Might and Hawks. Not anymore, not anymore. By Hawks still. But well, he's number one, two. But. but either way, either way, I do agree that it is Endeavor this week. I didn't want to take away from it. But I'm just saying that his speed being unmatched isn't quite true. But nonetheless, I agree. I mean, I think he's still not a great person. But as Todoroki no. said, the hero Endeavor is amazing. And this episode reinforces that idea. He knows how to tell people how to use their quirks. 
He knows how to use his quirks. And obviously, he deserves to be the number one hero here, despite what his home life is. This episode goes to show even more of how little he's thinking and that he's moving before the villains even have a chance to react. And that is the definition of plus ultra. Yeah, he, he is a great hero, um, but NG is a terrible man. Yes. <laughs> what do you got, James? It's it is Endeavor, hundred percent. He's like one of the only people who have listened to a full Deku ramble and been able to actually like interpret it and then like spit back information that's helpful towards him. And... I like the change in animation for the ramble, by the way. I like yeah. it going behind him instead of the purple spinning words. Much better yeah. animation. I hope they keep it that way. Yeah, it's it's good. And honestly, he's one of the only instructors too who has really put. Bakugo in his place not because of like respect or like a teacher student relationship but out of like a, a pure respect of power like and, and like we all know that's how Bakugo kind of like despite uh, like very much being okay with being like respectful to like instructors and stuff like that like he respects power and Endeavor like beat him at his own game at that too so and like even like the nice little shot of like putting him in his place being like that's that's gonna be your excuse you're gonna keep using that right like I like that I like that he can he can do all of this right so yeah, yeah, NG needs some work, but Endeavor's doing Endeavor's doing good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a clean sweep. There has not been many wow. this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah very, yeah. very few, very few. So with that, I'll take a quick second. That if anyone in this chat and wants to ask a question, we can. Otherwise, I do have one prepared that I saw off of TikTok, so we can do that one as well. Saw from TikTok. All right. Okay, so my question is going to be, how difficult. Would it have been to raise Hagakure since you could never see her? And how <laughs> awkward of a birth would that have been? So I, I have an example here. Um, and I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I bring this back way too much for a show about my hero. But they answered this question in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh my of course God. they did. Of course they did. <laughs> of where uh, if you have an invisible baby, they just disappear. They just disappear. Um, what do you mean? It's terrible. They just disappear, uh, and you can't find them. Well, they found Hagakure. I d I don't know how. I mean, like speaking as a medical professional, the birth is a non-issue. The birth is a non-issue. That you know where that kid is as soon as it comes out. That's not a problem. It's just keeping track of it afterwards. That is that is the big issue. I'm assuming they have like. I, actually, I don't know. We know nothing about Hagakure's parents, so I'd be interested no. to know what their quirks are and, like, if they had quirks that actually, like, benefited them in raising her or something like that. Because, yeah, like, once you once you lose that kid, that is, you are walking on very refined eggshells, like... <laughs> well, I, I think the easy answer for this is that you put um, bracelets on them. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah. You, you can't just, like, rip off or whatnot because, like, most of the time, babies have, like, some sort of like clothing on right and yep. then uh whenever they don't you just you just make sure that there's like a, a bracelet or, or something that they just can't take off so that way you have like a semblance of where they're at at least yeah and i like i mean honestly like the, like even when you're like washing the kid like even if you're worried about like hygiene and stuff like that the kid is going to be apparent in the water you know what i mean like it'll make a clear silhouette stuff like that so i even like, well, the, like that's true like she still exists so when water runs over or something kind of like that she's still there appears. right like there's yeah. still be yeah exactly right so i think yeah you know the bracelet the bracelet thing i think is probably the safest yeah i'm you probably... cover in ba baby powder just like baby just completely just throw covered baby in baby powder, powder everywhere have flour on your floor everywhere in your house 
so you just see it walking around yeah i i I think there's ways to do it but i just thought it was fun kind of a random thing and we're we're mixed feelings in haikyuri anyway so it's always gonna what what if what if the poetic way of this is that her parents are actually just blind that'd be how's that poetic yeah no how would a blind parent raise a child I I think they can. Oh, they very sh- easily very easily can. He's right. Like yeah, no, he's hundred. It's not like right. they can't. Uh, so it yeah. just makes sense. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. it doesn't matter if the kid's invisible or not. They can raise it. They'll raise it regardless. Yeah, and they'll do their they'll, they'll do things that you know a blind person would do to raise a kid, and it would work on Harker Curry because the cork doesn't matter. Cork's negated. Counter her. Easy. Next, next question, Andrew. Keep All right, coming. more headcanon. More, more headcanon for Dylan. First, he makes up the entire story off of a two-minute closer, and now, now he's just doing headcanons about High Curious Family. What can't this man do? But so gifted. What I could do is luckily wrap up this episode for everyone that is listening. Thank you so much for tuning in, watching along, watching on YouTube, wherever you are doing it. As a reminder, if you're listening to on a podcasting platform, please leave a five-star review. And go over to our YouTube at youtube.com slash class 1A and subscribe. Watch the videos there. We do a ton of content that isn't on podcasting services. So you can go over to YouTube and find even more of my Hero Academia content. And we also will be live streaming it on Saturday mornings now. If you want to tune in, ask questions, and interact with us as we are recording and just kind of talking through the episode as it just happens. So thank you all so much. We'll be back next Saturday recapping episode 16, which will be focused on Uraraka and Co. and their agency kind of um, episode. And we will be back then. See you next Saturday.